Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Today is Monday, January 17th. It is Martin Luther King Day here in the United States, celebrating the struggle for acceptance embracing diversity. Uh, wonder if uh, Dr. King would have foreseen how much was still, probably would have predicted how much would still be going on uh, so long after his uh, efforts. It's a lovely day here in Santa Fe. Sunny. Sunny and gorgeous as always. A uh, busy weekend for me. A lot of CIFWA stuff on Saturday. Um, we announced some exciting new things. So that was really fun to get to share that with people. And, um, and then yesterday, I finally, finally got all of the Christmas decorations down. Hooray! Uh, that was really nice. Get a inside and out done. Um, ladies came and cleaned the house on Friday. I was hoping to have the decorations down before the cleaning, but didn't work out that way. Um, and actually it was fine. It was fine uh, because it was really nice to have the house all clean. And then I took down the decorations and was able to just sort of wipe off under to where they were. So, so yeah, that was a whole lot of yesterday. Um, and I also finally, finally got back into doing the uh, kick my ass yoga class. That was um, the Empowered Flow by Melissa Spamer, my favorite teacher. She has uh, some classes on Vimeo. I should link to them. I'll try to remember to link to them. Uh, and I'm, I'm thinking Vimeo is the way for me to go. I would just as soon do the, if I have to do a video class, I think I would rather do the pre-recorded one rather than like <clears throat> being on Zoom. I mean, do you guys think, I think, that there is like a different radio wave <laughs> or some sort of, I don't know, like the inaudible sounds or whatever it is. But I do think that there is something about Zoom that feels different than playing a video on the TV. Even if I put zoom on the TV, it feels different. Um, but I really like doing the pre-recorded class. I did part of it on Saturday because I didn't have time. I didn't get started soon enough. And then, so then I did all of it yesterday morning and, uh, boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> old joke, very old joke. Are you guys here for the old jokes? So, um, so yeah, I, uh, was really happy just to get all that stuff done. Um, did a few other things like got my office organized. If you guys could see, it looks really nice again. Um, just Christmas brings a lot of clutter and it's like a month's worth of clutter. <laughs> yeah, I should probably try to make it be less than that. So it also involved like 
moving a bunch of stuff around in the garage because I have all these bins that the Christmas stuff goes in. And um, David cleared out a whole lot of stuff. So, so yeah, it was a big, big cleansing and purging Sunday. Um, and, and lovely weather. I got to sit out on the portal a little bit. I am um, I'm rereading Cat's Eye by Margaret Atwood, which is interesting to reread. Uh, the book came out in 88, which is the year I graduated from college. And I know I read it, <clears throat> I don't know precisely what year, <clears throat> but I know I read it pretty close to when it came out. <clears throat> Excuse me. There we go. I have my little coughing fit there be good if I drink the coffee rather than breathing it, right? So, so yeah, I know I read this book in my early 20s, and it's very interesting to revisit it. Um, I'm revisiting it in part because Stepsister Hope is reading it for her book group, and we were talking about it. And also Cat's Eye is, I think, my favorite Margaret Atwood book. In fact, I don't even think I know. And, um, and it had a big effect on me when I read it because I felt, as the kids say today, very seen by it because the way that she explores the toxicity of friendships among adolescent girls, I had never seen explored anywhere else before that. And it was um, incredi incredibly meaningful for me. Um, it illuminated some of my own experiences, which is, I think, one of the best things a book can do. Um, so, but it's interesting reading it now, uh, how much I don't remember. So a lot of the opening sequences, I don't recall at all. And it's interesting to look at because when Atwood wrote this, it would have been in the, um, uh, sorry, I started thinking about something else. Don't do that, Jeffy. She would have been in her late 40s, approaching 50. And the POV character feels very much like an avatar of Atwood herself, um, more so than I think any of her other books. I don't know what the literary criticism of this says or if there's any legitimacy to that. But the book has an almost memoirish feel. The um, POV character is a woman who is about 50 and is a painter returning to her hometown for a retrospective. And I think it's funny. Whenever a POV character is a painter, I always think it's the writer because it's like writers don't want to make the POV character be them actual their actual selves uh they don't want to make them be writers so they like i don't know for some reason for writers it's like the next one step removed is always painter <laughs> why why because maybe because you don't have to know a lot about painting in order to pull it off it still has that feeling of of the act of creation and uh, the act of sharing it with a public as opposed to one of the performance arts um, or something like composing music where you actually have to know a lot about music. Um, maybe painting is like writing in that anybody can paint, right? Grab a set of paints, 
slap it on some paper and you got yourself a painting. Same way with writing, right? You know, you take some words, type them in, got yourself some writing. Uh, we all know that that's not all there is to it, but fundamentally, uh, they are very low entry arts, right? There's nothing to stop anybody from wanting to do it. And the, um, hold on a moment. Yeah. So there's nothing to stop someone from, from doing it. Um, and after that becomes a, an assessment, a gradation of does anybody actually want this piece of art as opposed to something like music where, okay, yeah, anybody could pick up a guitar and sort of strum their way through it. And Lord knows we have all had those friends, <laughs> but there's still a certain amount of, um, skill that's required, uh, to, to play music, um, and other sorts of arts. I mean, I guess anybody could like sculpt on that kind of thing, but I think other stuff, it takes quite a bit to, to work on it. Um, there's a reason why they have elephants paint paintings and not play music. We'll just leave it there. Anyway, so I'm struck by the, how old the POV character feels, uh, starting the book, starting out, she talks a whole lot about feeling old. She can't see well anymore. Um, there are other things that are making her feel old and maybe it's an era thing. And I am definitely extrapolating by guessing that this was how Atwood was feeling at the time. And maybe it's a manifestation of depression, which is kind of what I think, but you know, like I am older than that now. And I just don't feel old. You guys, I don't have these old feelings. Some of my friends do, but when they say age is a state of mind, sometimes I think that there is a lot of truth to the adage. Um, more than there are for many adages. So, but the book is enthralling. Um, I haven't read Atwood in quite a while. I'm kind of looking off at my shelf at all of the Atwood books. I tried her more recent stuff and bounced off of it. I tried to read After the Flood a bunch of times and just couldn't. Um, Orcs and Crake, I read all of that. I don't really like her science fiction stuff. Um, Handmaid's Tale. I may have read Cat's Eye because I read Handmaid's Tale. I remember reading Handmaid's Tale when I was in college. What's the date on that one? Okay. Handmaid's Tale was 1985. So that may, I may have read Cat's Eye because of that. That seems very likely. It's really annoying by the way, on Google, when you Google a book title that has since been made into a mini series that I'd go down about eight search results before I actually got to the book. Everything was like Elizabeth Moss and IMDb. What we get for living in a video culture, I guess. And yes, one of the entries did say, bah, 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 bah. I swear. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's, I don't often do rereads. You guys know that. Although it seems like I've been doing more lately, doesn't it? Uh, I don't talk about all the books I read for the record. I read a lot all the time and I read a lot of new stuff too, but I don't always comment on it because 
I, I mostly only comment on stuff if I feel like I can rape about it. Uh, but um, yeah, going back and doing this reread is a good insight into my younger self, like what I noticed and did not notice in my early 20s about this book. Um, and now being more at the age of the POV character, I have now gotten to the part where she's really talking about the, the friendships with these girls. And I'm remembering that part of the book much more vividly. Um, a fascinating thing to me. Oh, baby bunny. There's a baby bunny outside. Hi, bun. What a cutie. <laughs> um, it's very interesting to me how different books hit us at different times. Um, I don't know if I mentioned here, uh, but on Fire of the Frost, my story, Familiar Winter Magic, which takes place in the Bonds of Magic world, and some of you have read Dark Wizard and Bright Familiar, and I know you're waiting on Grey Magic. I am at 54,000 words on Grey Magic. I swear I'm working on it, you guys. <laughs> uh, but I think this is midpoint. I think it's going to be like 108,000 um, I'm still going to try to get it out in February. I really want to get it out in February, but it's going to be close. It's probably not going to be February 15th. Sorry. So it goes. But um, one of my readers, one of my um, reviewer fans who has always loved, like all of the 12 Kingdoms books, loves, loves, loves Chronicles of Dasneria and Lost Princess and all of those books, uh, I saw, and she didn't tag me on it. Um, somebody else mentioned it to me. She read Fire of the Frost and she just hated Familiar Winter Magic um, to the point where she declined to rate it. She said it was well written and well executed, but that she just um, did not like the story. She did not like the powerlessness of the characters in the story, which is... I'm sorry, that's what the Bonds of Magic world is about. It's about people who are powerless by a condition of birth that they cannot control. And I understand why that's not great escapist for fiction for some people, but I do think that it's um, it's a critical part of that world. And, and I truly don't expect everybody to love everything that I write. I might hope for it. <laughs> but... Um, it was interesting to me that she bounced so hard in the same way for those of you who have been listening to this podcast for a long time, uh, that my agent totally bounced off of that book and declined to take it on su submission. And she kept saying to me, uh, she almost couldn't articulate why she didn't like it, but she kept saying, well, it's just so dark. It's so dark. And I think that's maybe what it was is that for some readers, the powerlessness of the characters, and it's only of some characters, but it's um, too hard for them to read. And it makes me wonder if like, if they came back at a different point in their lives, if they would see it differently. Um, not that, I mean, maybe they wouldn't ever try. It's certainly not required reading, but I do think that it's, it's just interesting to think about. Um, you know, we talk about being mood readers and I see a lot of, bloggers and readers talk about that saying I'm a mood reader and I think that's very true you know like you pick up a book at a particular time and you bounce off of it uh, there there's a a book that I've tried to read a couple times that a bunch of other people liked and I picked it up once 
bounced off pretty quickly into it. And then one of my good friends really loved this book. And he's, and he said, you didn't like this book. I'm surprised. I would have thought you would really like this book. And I'm like, well, maybe I didn't give it enough of a chance. So I think I tried it twice before he said that. So after he said that I read like, I don't know, 25%. I, a lot of times I'll get, you know, get to that end of the act one and see how I feel about it. So I read like the first 25% and I was like, I do not. It wasn't that I hated it. I just, I didn't care about any of the characters. And I told him, I was like, I just, none of these people are, I said, you know, it's a cool world and interesting ideas. And I get that and it's well-written, but I don't like any of the characters and I don't resonate with any of them. And I said, maybe I should try again another time. And he said, I think you've given it a fair shot. He said, you've tried it three times now and you know, it's probably fair to let it go. I was like, okay, <laughs> thank you. I've, I'm going to keep this here next to me. I've been needing it for Sifwa president anyway, permission wand, wave the permission wand. You can uh, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> not try anymore. Um, but I usually, there are some books I don't give more than one try, but, um, a lot of times I do find that if I come back at a different time, I will find it, but we all like different things, right? we talk about that reading is subjective, but at the same times, we also think that everybody should have the same opinions about things that we do. Uh, you know, so full confession, you all know that uh, Grace is my bestie and I love her. And hi, Grace, if, if you are listening, I know she often does, uh, you know, for, I don't know, what Grace do you think? You know, like 98% of the readers out there, their favorite book of hers is Radiance. They love Radiance. And one of the things they love about Radiance is the, how the two characters kind of make fun of each other of how they look because they come from different species and, you know, and there's a lot of ribbing with each other on it. And I see readers talking about this book and they love that about this book. They talk about how they love that these two fall in love, even though they find each other revolting and they quote lines from this. And it's really interesting to me because I, I like the book despite that I don't like that about the book. Have I ever told you that Grace? Sorry if this is a surprise, but yeah, I, I don't, I mean, I, I appreciate that they grow to see the beauty in each other. And that's something that Grace does very deftly. Um, but yeah, that stuff of talking about how the other is revolting does nothing for me. And in some ways is a little bit, I don't want to say repellent, but it's, it pushes me away. So, which is the definition of repellent, but I don't want to make it sound that strong. It's just very interesting what different people grok to, what they harmonize with. I saw a dedication for a book recently uh, that was written by a queer author that said something along the lines of that this is for every queer kid who had their awakening because they realized that they were in love with the hero, that the hero is sexy. And I thought, well, I mean, you know, great that that was your experience and very cool and, you know, go on with your bad self. But I thought, you know, there are a lot of us out there, um, you know, who, who fall in love with the villain, right? Who find the villain sexy. And it's not just a queer thing. 
Um, I don't know why I reacted to it that way, but you know, it's, we all bring our own experience to reading, right? So, um, on this note, I shall, uh, get to work. I am going to, uh, yeah, do my best to, to get this book written. I will, um, I'm trying to decide. I think I am no longer going to do the Frolic Media Podcast Network thing. Uh, they haven't been doing much lately, and it's a lot of busy work for me to fill out this um, these episode roundups. And so I'm just going to stop doing it, which means that I have to break my habit of saying the thing at the end. Um, maybe it'll come back, but I don't know. Frolic Media Podcast Network hasn't been doing much for me lately. Um, I wish everyone well in it. So on that note, I am um, going to bid you all a fond farewell. I hope you have a wonderful Monday. I hope if you are out there celebrating Dr. King and the amazing work that he started in the world, that you um, find joy and energy from that. If you're simply taking the day off, I hope that's awesome too. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.